Yo, Semites. Yo. Yeah, yo, yo, Semites. That's uh, I'm getting all excited about the national parks I want to visit, and number one on my list is Yo Semite. Don't you mean Yosemite in California? Is that the one you're talking about? Oh, is that how it's pronounced? No, I heard Trump talking about it. Yosemite. (laughs) Okay. Okay, Brian. So I shouldn't listen to him for pronunciation? No, Yosemites is how we might greet people who listen to this podcast. That's how we might greet our family. Okay, that's a nope. (laughs) Thanks for listening. This is nope. (laughs) The podcast where we shut it down. Is no, my sign is no, my number is no. You need to let it go, you need to let it go, need to let it go. Okay, Rachel, we had a big storm like Hurricane Isaia, as uh, Trump put it. Very interesting name, fascinating name, good name, interesting name. Good name. The best name. Um, Yeah, this week taught me that um, things can always be worse and electricity is a marvelous (laughs) modern convenience. Just when you thought, what else do we have to lose? We're locked in our homes and if we go outside, we could catch a deadly disease and we can't even like turn on the lights. So, yeah. It's it's been a week. Okay, so you you did lose your electricity. I didn't. Um, but oh, you didn't. Okay. <laughs> no, I, no, I it was perfectly oh. fine. Um, but wait, I have a few notes here of things we want to do before we start the podcast. We want to thank our Japanese listeners. Um, yes, we are big in Japan now. Yes, we it's... had a we had a huge surge in listenership in Japan. I don't know if we got some media there or something, but whoever you are, if you're out there, thank you. These are people of taste and. <laughs> Distinction. So it's a I huge do honor. Do you know how to say thank you in Japanese? I don't. I don't know how to say Arigato. anything. Is that right? Yeah. It's either right or very racist. No, it's, no it's right. Arigato gozaimasu. Oh, very good. Okay. Yeah. Well, what she said to all of our Japanese <laughs> listeners. Okay. <laughs> Um, and then um, uh, uh, I'm just going to tease our summer music series, The Summer Forges On. We're getting into August here, so we only have a few weeks less, but left. But um, this week, just to tease it, we are going to do Obsession by Animotion from the, the depths of the 80s. You will not want to miss that. It's at the end of the podcast. Um, and uh, let's just talk uh, about whatever happened this week. So, Rachel, you had um, you had the blackout. and uh, the blackout. You had other, and... Yeah. Yeah, it was an exciting week. Um, Coco went on a rampage. Um, my my dog. This is your Coco. this is your horse that is the size. Your dog that is the size of a horse. It's a horse <laughs> that looks like a dog. <laughs> my so my parents took AJ to the beach on Monday, and I was getting some work done in my room. I went downstairs to get some water about ten minutes after they left. And the first thing I saw was a shredded plastic bag that formerly contained six sesame bagels on the living room rug. So I don't know how many bagels were in there at the time. I think there were only like two left, but I was like, oh, okay. She's been known to eat bagels. She's, I mean, she's a Jewish dog, right? She likes her bagels. <laughs> were they, no, they weren't, so, they, were, they weren't everything bagels. They were no, sesame. They were, okay. they were sesame. So I pick up the bag. I go to throw it in the garbage. On my way to the garbage, I pass the den and I see more evidence of misbehavior. There was saran wrap that formerly encased banana muffins that I had baked with AJ two days earlier. So she ate those two. Wait, did she unwrap them from the She unwrapped saran- them from the <laughs> she her- liberated them from the saran Wait, wrap like with, with her, her teeth paws? and her, her paws. <laughs> with yes. her nimble paws. Does She's she have- very stealthy. Does she have opposing <laughs> thumbs? Like she- <laughs> opposable thumbs, she does. She's 
he's a very advanced dog. So I was like, oh my God. Okay. So the bagels and the muffins and I'm headed into the kitchen to throw the, these two plastic wrappings in the garbage. And then my jaw just <laughs> dropped on the floor of the kitchen. This is like a three room party. She's like having different items in different rooms. It's like a I human see- party. There's people in the kitchen. There's people <laughs> yes. in the living room. There's the punch bowl. And it was also fast. She wasn't even alone for that long. There was a a pie platter that once held a blueberry pie that I had just baked the day before. And it was a perfect pie using local blueberries and butter from a farm out here. And she just ate it like it was nothing. The whole thing. And then the whole thing. Well, I mean, most of it. Like there were a few slices that had been taken out, but like I was excited to continue (laughs) enjoying it. And then I see Coco hiding behind the kitchen table with a look on her face that said, I didn't do it. She knows what she did. She knows. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, you know, I, I ordinarily would have been so furious, but this pandemic has changed me. And I don't care anymore. So I just laughed. <laughs> well, one thing like, we've learned from this episode is that, is that Coco is not uh, keto. She's, she's not doing keto because <laughs> she's, she's not eating doing keto. all the carbs in the house. <laughs> and she's trying to help me avoid carbs. Oh, so it was, a public, it was a public service, really. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay. So Coco had an adventure this week. Then. She did. And then during the blackout, she freaked out again last night. Our, our AC was off, you know, because of the electricity. And so the windows were open. So it didn't get too hot in here. And all the dogs in the neighborhood were like talking to each other out the windows <laughs> and they could all hear each other. So they were like howling like wolves. It was crazy. But finally, the electricity went back on. I shut the windows and she went to sleep. Oh, good. I'm glad that story has a happy ending. Um, (laughs) I I had an unusual preoccupation this week, and I'm I'm usually immune to influencers. I'm rather disgusted by them. Um, But this week, I found myself held under the sway of an unlikely influencer. Um, And I'm being influenced by him, and his name is Brett Maverick, and he is a jawline influencer. A jawline influencer, a jawfluencer. A jawfluencer. He's like this 20-something blonde surfer dude, and he creates an enormous amount of content about how to have a better, sexier jawline. And I found Brett Maverick um, because I was tricked into clicking on an ad for something called Jawsercise. (laughs) (laughs) The reason I clicked on that ad is between me and my therapist. But (laughs) I clicked on Jawser side, which is actually just a hard rubber ball that you chew on, um, like it by your molars, and it's supposed to strengthen your jaw. The muscles. People do this. There's like facial yoga. There's a lot of things. Well, Brett knows all of this. So he did one of these videos, which is like, (laughs) I tried Jawser size for 30 days, and here's what happened. And the answer is nothing. Um, or he said it was something, but he showed me and I couldn't tell the difference. And then I found his like archive of jawline content. And it's like, I chewed a pack of gum every day for 30 days. And his big thing is he's an expert on mewing, M-E-W-I-N-G. Um, and like every week he posts some mewing updates and like top 10 mewing, mewing? mewing what's, mistakes. <laughs> what's mewing? Like a cat? <laughs> No, it's basically just clenching your teeth. And he claims that it's the only, his mewing plan is the only thing that works. 
Um, so basically the videos are all different permutations of him pitching his <laughs> 30 day mewing plan. <laughs> Okay. Okay. In I'm fact, glad I'm, that this I'm, is, you're I'm spending mewing. your time on I'm, this. <laughs> I'm mewing right now. <laughs> I'm mewing just thinking about it. Okay. Right. He does have other contents. Uh, content. He he did. I ate every movie theater food in a day, twelve thousand calories, and he makes style recommendations like secrets of male models, and his number one secret is wear buttons. Um. So he's very deep. Like. Wait, what? Like button-down shirts, or like yeah, not like buttons, or like clip-on like, buttons, like no, pins, like, like wear a button, like wear a Henley or a button-down shirt, because okay. it makes you makes you look more grown up and and stylish and attentive to your own appearance. Okay, okay, good. I'm glad you're my, um, you're learning some new skills. Maverick, they say your you should jaw spend, looks really good. Thank you. They say you should spend COVID learning a language or an instrument. I learned how to mew, mew. Well, I think like, you know, strengthening your jawline in a time where all meetings are being held on Zoom is a really like worthwhile pursuit. So yeah. I, and you do spend I, a lot of the time just sitting there watching the other person talking. So why not look like you have a strong jawline? I, I, why I'm not? For it. Yeah. OK, there you go. Okay. Thank, thank you, Fred. Okay. Um, let's do the nope. So um, okay. I, I'm going to kick off. Uh, this is the topic that everybody is talking about this week. And you if they're not, they should be. Right. So this is we're, we're, really here scary. To, we're here to remedy that. So Rachel, have you ever gotten an Amazon package and it's like the wrong thing in there? Yes. Who hasn't? <laughs> I, I think we all have. It's a common. <laughs> well, that is now happening to thousands of people around the world in the U.S. in all 50 states. These packages are all coming from China. And what do they? It's not just a mishmash of like wrong orders. They all contain small, mysterious packets of seeds, like seeds you would plant to like grow a plant. Um, so at terrifying. Terrifying. Could you nothing, imagine like not ordering seeds and, <laughs> and getting, getting seeds, seeds in the mail? <laughs> from China, right. And uh, <laughs> it's like the stuff of nightmares. <laughs> the, the, the night the of the worst. living seeds. So The worst. At, so, yeah, so at first they thought it was a brushing scam. And I hadn't heard of this, even though I'm in the e-commerce business. Apparently, the way it works is you have someone overseas. They send, like unsolicited, they send goods to people who they never ordered it. And then they post a, they, they pay those people to post a fake customer review to boost their sales. Because, you know, they say like Amazon verified, you have to actually ship the product from the right. person. So they have these like rubes. Who it's like a low value shipment. And then, but why is it called brushing? I don't know. I don't know. Like brushing up your reputation. You're (laughs) like brushing up your resume. (laughs) I'm brushing up my Chinese seed reputation. (laughs) I don't know. I just, okay. You're asking too many questions. So then the, um, the red alert went off that this might be some sort of plant warfare from China, um, like introducing some invasive species, or maybe the plants were, the seeds were spying on us, because who knows, it could have some like nanotechnology in it. So they determined it was a possible national security risk. USDA put out an emergency statement, do not plant the seeds. They recommended that you send it to quote, a local, the local plant regulatory officials. How would you even know? Well, like, oh I, I, I read about this, too, and all these people were like, and I called the USDA. I would never know. To I wouldn't do even that. know, like, what 
regulatory agency handles errant plant seeds, not to mention my local plant regulatory officials. Like my reg, they can't even catch rats. They're going to track down stray seeds, but they brought in the FBI, (laughs) Homeland Security, Customs and Border Security, like ICE. Um, But despite despite the warnings, people started to plant these anyway. And First they did. You get a seed. You <laughs> what do you do? You plant. Okay, sorry. Arkansas man, which is second best to Florida man, I guess, um, planted them, and he said it started producing large white fruit from orange flowers that resu- resemble squash flowers. So they thought they had the mystery solved because they like genetically reverse engineered the seeds and found that they were mustard, cabbage, morning glory, mint, sage, rosemary, lavender, hibiscus, and roses. <laughs> Which sounds delightful, but to me, that really just raises more questions than it answers. That's so, a lot of different plants. Yeah, right, this is right. like a multi-pronged effort. Right. So my question is, like, why such a variety of seeds? Why just not one kind of seed? And, like, why seeds at all? Couldn't you just send an empty piece of cardboard? It seems like a lot of work. Like, a lot of thought to went into To gather the seeds. I know. <laughs> Sowing Can the it seeds of love. Like, I don't know. Just send, like, some, like, sand or something. <laughs> <That's> straw. <right. laughs> straw. Empty box. Like nobody's weighing it to see. So Amazon, of course, had a statement and they said these appear to be delayed packages due to COVID-19, not brushing. But like these were people, people who had ordered seeds. And one of them in England, one of them came from Kazakhstan and it was labeled ear studs. Like, how is that a delayed seed order? No, it's not a delayed order because it's an people didn't order it at all. <laughs> it's not like so where, it's are my, early. Where, it's right, early. where are my hibiscus seeds? <laughs> oh, these should have come six months ago. I missed the planting season, the hibiscus planting season. This is terrible. Like, I don't know what's worse. The fact that they're sending the seeds or that we had no, it's like coronavirus. Like we were hit with this like, surprise situation and instead of coordinating a national response people are just running around like maniacs telling you to call your plant regulatory officials on a state-by-state basis this is news you can use though because (laughs) if any of our listeners get mystery seeds they know now it's a thing and and who to call don't plant them and you know who to call and uh maybe next week we'll invite dr anthony fauci on to address the threat the next the coming pandemic dr deborah burks okay nope 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 no seeds no mystery seeds (laughs) mystery or otherwise okay rachel what do you have okay so um on a on another topic i want to talk about the the movies the cinema um you didn't even try a segue there no there's no segue we just we just go right into it so um amy adams who is one of our finest living actresses she's the susan lucci of the oscars always a nominee never a winner. She's been nominated six times in the last 14 years, but she's got a new project on her plate. And um, Brian, this this might be the one. This is the one. I think this is the one. (laughs) I'm praising myself. Yes. So (laughs) Amy Adams is starring in an adaptation of a novel and it's called Night Bitch. And the (laughs) plot description is not to be believed. Um, (laughs) This this is from the author's website. I'm just going to read it verbatim. 
in Night Bitch, an unnamed woman and former artist thrust into stay-at-home domesticity after the birth of her son, becomes worried she's turning into a dog. Her husband, who travels for work, easily dismisses her fears from hotel rooms. Meanwhile, the <laughs> wife is forced to contend with the physical manifestations of her anxiety with only her two-year-old for company. As her symptoms intensify, she struggles to keep her canine identity secret. Jolted to action after a disastrous <laughs> encounter with the family cat, she seeks... <laughs> <laughs> she seeks a cure for her condition in an herbal multi-level marketing scheme. A group of mommies all named Jen and Wanda White, a mysterious academic specializing in mythical ethnography. Okay. okay. <laughs> There's is a this, lot there. Is this like a campy Netflix thing that like, or is it just sound really bad? Or is there some stroke of genius that I'm missing here? Yeah, I know. I know. So like when I read it, I had two thoughts. And the first is that someone is making an unauthorized biography of my life and I should see them. <laughs> You're the night bitch. <laughs> I'm the night bitch. I'm the night bitch. Um, and the, the second is We are all is the that, night bitch. <laughs> yes. I am Spartacus. All- Slow clap. <laughs> The, the second thing I thought of is that this has the potential to be either like a smash hit or like a career ruiner. Right. Yes. Um, so I guess it's a good artistic risk for Amy Adams. Well, she's but- got to do something. She's not winning the Oscars with whatever she's doing. So like, I she's got to mix it up. It's a Hail Mary. It's <laughs> like, Hail I'm going to do I'm, <laughs> I'm going to do it. So but what disur- disturbs me the most is just the thought of the ads. It's like Amy Adams is night bitch, <laughs> a single mom who thinks she's turning into a dog. Or like, what if like, what about the moment if she wins the Oscar? It'll be like, <laughs> will she get up there and howl like bark? <laughs> 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 like and the Oscar what if goes it, what if, to what if Amy a, Adams, the night bitch. <laughs> what if it's irrevocable? What's if what if it's like method acting and she starts to inhabit the dog and like can't get out of character? She does go method. So I mean, I think that's the that's the risk on top of the <laughs> career risk. Reversible dogifying. <laughs> So, I mean, I don't know what else there is to say about no. this, but I, I wish Amy Adams all the best. I really do. And All the best um, in your future endeavors. <laughs> this, I, I will see this movie. No, we're, we're watching it together and we will report okay. back on it. <laughs> okay. okay. No. It's coming out next no. year. No, nope, absolutely no. Okay. not. Okay. Okay. Oh. Okay. You texted so, me this one when, uh, when it came out, but I had already seen it. So go ahead and enlighten yes. our listeners about it. Yeah, so we're going to turn our attention now to real estate. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Jeffrey Epstein's Upper East Side Mansion, which is the largest single family home in New York, it's on the market for $88 million. And the listing is insane. So it's um, 28,000 square feet. It has 40 rooms. But according to the listing, it has one bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Only one bathroom. And one bathroom. 
I mean, this cannot be true, right? Like, this, it's got to be a typo. Well, look, he has all those like teenage girls running through. They all need to use the bathroom in the morning. There must have been like one hell of a line to like. Oh my god! Just think, it's it's just too it's too disgusting to contemplate. But um, yeah. So so this is the listing: twenty eight thousand square feet, forty rooms, one bathroom. But and like they neglect to mention in the listing for good reason <laughs> that it was formerly owned by a child trafficker who committed unspeakable crimes within its walls. And I mean, the real estate market is not so great right now, so I'm not sure who's going to buy this. But I I do give credit to whomever had to write up the listing, hoping to maybe lure in a billionaire who hadn't read the newspaper in (laughs) several decades. So so this is what the listing says. No, you know what's going to happen? Prince Andrew's going to buy it to bury all the evidence. Maybe. Yeah. Cause you know, there's still like stuff oh, lurking yeah. within the Behind walls the floorboards yeah. or under the floorboards or something. Yeah. So who, yeah. yeah who would want to, I mean, they're going to reduce that. They would have to pay someone to take that. That's a tear down. Right. I mean, who's going to want to live in that? I mean, it's like the Amityville horror house. Like it's, who's, yeah. who's going to want to, li- actually, I think that's still there, but <laughs> I think, I think some like benevolent billionaire should buy it and just like burn it to the ground no they should first of all they should give all the money to the victims yes of course i mean that's gonna happen anyway because the estate yeah yeah yeah. i hope so i hope that they get that soon and um i i think it should be i I mean you know what's gonna happen like the trump organization is gonna buy it and turn it into like the trump presidential presidential library library. yes yes first library with no books you know <laughs> just pictures <laughs> and, and one, bathroom. <laughs> one bathroom <laughs> and only trump toilet. gets to use it <laughs> yes. everyone else has to go in the streets <laughs> he just sits on the toilet like doing twitter <laughs> but so let me just talk about what the listing said because they had to really like go to elaborate lengths to avoid the elephant in the room <laughs> yes. with this so it's like the the Herbert and Strauss mansion was the last and largest of just a handful of Goliath mansions built during its era in the 1930s and would become the capstone property of the wealthiest and most prominent block in all of New York City. The handful of renowned lavish buildings that surround this mansion, including the old Cornelius Vanderbilt home, the Twombly House, and across the street on Fifth Avenue, the Frick Residence, currently the home of the Frick Art Collection. So they're basically talking, talking about, about everyone who around. else who lived around the block, but not who lived <laughs> not in the house. <laughs> yes. And then they go on to the history of the building without mentioning any recent history. So it was purchased in 1928 by Herbert Strauss, the heir to Isidore and Ida Strauss, the co-owners of R.H. Macy and Co., who famously died in the Titanic. So the younger Mr. Strauss specifically chose society architect Horace Trumbauer, known for being the most prominent American architect of the Gilded Age. And then the the mansion went to the Roman Catholic Archbishop in 1944. And then in, 16, in 1962, it went it turned into a school in 1989. With the help of architect Terry Despont and interior designer John Stephanidis, the property was reconverted into the ultimate private residence. And that's when Les Wexner bought it, who was part of the Jeffrey Epstein part of the whole thing. Yeah, who Jeffrey Epstein bought it from Les Wexner, who was his benefactor slash, I believe, lover. He was the founder of Limited Brands. Oh, I hadn't heard that theory. Interesting. That's my theory. We're allowed to to speculate. (laughs) We're not a news podcast. (laughs) 
Um, okay. And so who's, then who's, it says, who's around to sue us? Like nobody. Nobody. <laughs> nobody. Um, and then it says most recently additional interior design services to someone, but we don't know who, <laughs> were provided by Alberto Pinto, whoever the fuck that is. So anyway, um, so there's also like a, a caretaker appointed by the estate is emptying the the mansion of all of its creepy decor, including a painting of Bill Clinton in drag Whoa. and a sculpture of an, yes, a painting. Yes. So it's not like they yes. caught him like a, as a like a candid shot. It's like someone consciously went and said like I'm going. Someone commissioned Bill Clinton in drag. Or maybe he sat for a portrait. I don't. We don't know. <laughs> We we speculate here. So, you know, so there's a, a nude woman hanging from the chandelier. So a source told the New York Post, you won't see dumpsters outside the mansion filled with Epstein stuff. It will be broken down inside the property and discreetly removed in the dead of night, almost as if he'd never been there. The property will be completely wiped of his existence. That is the only way the mansion will ever retain any value for sale. I say no. No, there's, that is I not mean, enough. <laughs> you, can't, you can't wipe his existence by taking taking out his stuff in the dead of night. He, it will always be tainted. Um, it, it just needs to be gutted, burned to the ground, exploded. I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, nope, so nope to that building. Nope, just get rid nope of it. To the, nope. Get rid of it. It's a, it's a disgrace. It's a stain on the, on the city. Yeah. Nope. Nope. You know what, Rachel? I had another thing I was going to talk about, but I really, you know, I'm always... You just want to get right into the, the music. I just want to go to the summer music. I okay. just want to cut, cue the music. I could, I could tell you were, you were chomping at the bit. <laughs> Okay, as I said, we are going to talk about the song Obsession by Animotion. Uh, and as usual, I'm going to give you a little backstory. It is not nearly as insane as last week's Torture by the Jacksons. Few things are, but still, it is a story that must be told. <laughs> so, Animotion is a band from L.A. It was formed in 1983 from the remnants of a retro science fiction band called The Red Zone. I do not know what a retro science fiction band is, and I certainly can't imagine what the remnants of one look like, but <laughs> I guess what, that's how you get an, an, an animation. Um, it looks like a particle, like a, you know, <laughs> A particle <bark>. accelerator? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like a black know. hole. I don't know. They released four albums. Um, this song, Obsession, which if you don't know, you will probably recognize when I play it in a minute, uh, was co-written by someone, a very talented, famous songwriter named Holly Knight, who also wrote Love is a Battlefield by Pat Benatar. For Pat Benatar. That's yeah. a great song. Tina yeah. Turner's Better Be Good to Me and a whole oh, array wow. of people, including Ozzy Osbourne. Um, and uh, the song is sung. There's like six people in this band and they're constantly changing but this song and the two people who appear in the video the guy is bill wadhams and the woman is named astrid plain i love that name astrid that's such a cool name that's it such really a, is like, especially if she's from the right if yeah. she's from the remnants of a retro science fiction band <laughs> like that's great do you think that's her birth name that's great okay I don't so know. The, the song hit right at the apex of like the first wave of mtv in 1984 and it was an instant hit and it had huge cultural impact it was in tons of movies so it was in this movie a night in heaven with christopher atkins who was from the blue lagoon so christopher atkins bumps and grinds in leslie ann warren's face in sync with the song it was in nine and a half weeks it's since been, it's a, it's a video game favorite also. It's been in Grand Theft Auto, 
It's been in the World Wrestling Federation Saturday Night Fight theme, and then it's, it's a also, very good song. Yeah, it's like a very dramatic song. It's yes, good. Most importantly, it's in the video game Call of Duty, where it is the theme song of the zombie map Zombies in Spaceland. Now, oh. I do I do love the song, but I do question the music director's choice to pair that song with that zombie map. Well, I've never played it, so I, I, I would need to see it in its, in its context to judge. <laughs> well, anyway, after the song, despite its success, the band imploded. Um, and they had one more hit a few years later called Room to Move, which uh, with a totally new lineup that included Cynthia Rhodes from Dirty Dancing. She's actually a very good singer, and it's actually a much better song. And that was featured in the movie My Stepmother is an Alien. Um, and after that, it was kind of all downhill for Animotion much to the chagrin of the music world. So that very briefly is a story of, uh, of Animotion. So let's talk about the song, uh, and I'll play a little bit of it. So start with the intro, like a lot of all these songs really do. It starts with that 80s bouncy synth and synth stabs in this haunting melody, and I don't normally play the intro, but I'm gonna pause and play it because I think you'll like it. And then here's the chorus so that you recognize the song. I'm sure you will. Okay, so that's incredibly catchy. To me, the problematic part of the song is the verses. And it's the guy and the girl singing to each other, and I'm descri- I'll am i describe what it looks like in the video, and they're sort of taking turns. It's almost like uh, that Human League song, right? Don't You Want Me Baby? And you can't tell if like they love each other or hate each other or upset. There's truly terrible verse lyrics. I'm just going to play this one for you. Okay, so you heard that right. The lyric that she sings is, I will have you, yes, I will have you, I will find a way, and I will have you. Like a butterfly, a wild butterfly, I will collect you and capture you. Nothing says romance like ensnaring a butterfly. It's very um, predatory, but it's like they're both talking to each other like they both really want to capture each other and it's like well fine you're standing right here you're next to each <laughs> other stopping like, you? <laughs> you don't even need a net just like take me i'm yours <laughs> really like what is the barrier usually it's one person's not interested and the other person is but these are two people who are like well, shouting yeah, at each other and, right and the the, the the chorus is obsession you're my obsession who do you want me to be to make you sleep with me like Right. They're right there. Just, <laughs> just, go, just get to it. <laughs> if you have to ask, you can't afford. I mean, I guess they're looking for consent, right? <laughs> yeah, yes, it's sex positive, I suppose. <laughs> okay. So let's skip ahead to the video now. Um, this is a very difficult to describe video. It does not have a cast of thousands, but it has a cast of dozens. <clears throat> but what it lacks in quantity, it makes up for in quality. It starts with that opening intro with a 
a, a jester, like a medieval jester, um, and his golden jester shoe just tapping his toe. It's like the, on one of those the, curled <laughs> shoes with right, like a pom pom yeah. on the yes, end. Yes, it's like just... on the side of a pool. Okay, so that's... If there's one thing that makes you think of sex and obsession, it is a gold <laughs> jester shoe tapping its toe on the side of a pool. Okay, then we cut to seeing these two singers, uh, and it's the guy and the girl standing next to each other, and they're like shrugging their shoulders to the beat. It's like a really cheesy dance, and they're making like truly like psycho googly eyes at each other. Like, ooh, I'm obsessed by you, but I love you, but I hate you. And the girls, Astrid Plain, um, is wearing like an amazing high pony. Maybe it's a, a side, side pony. pony. It's no, it's a high pony. Like, isn't that a thing? It's a sort of pony? to the side. It's a high side <laughs> pony. It's, it's like one of the great side ponies of all time. <laughs> so it basically it's high and outside the pitch. It's a ball. Um, and uh, and she's wearing this aquamarine dress that is truly striking. And in my research, I found out that it was from her sister's wedding. She was a bridesmaid, and it was her bride's. And it looks like a bridesmaid's dress. It does. <laughs> okay. So then they they zoom out and you see that in this pool that they're standing beside, there's a reflection of Cleopatra and Mark Anthony. Um, (laughs) And you realize that it's them. And you realize that them in those outfits are like the main characters of the they're the protagonists of this video. They are the Sherpas on the journey of obsession. And I also learned from my deep research that the headpiece, the Cleopatra headpiece she's wearing was the same one worn by Liz Taylor in the movie Cleopatra. Oh, I thought you were going to say it was from her sister's wedding. (laughs) (laughs) A theme wedding. Cleopatra theme wedding. Did she come in? Was she carried on a litter, like eating grapes? (laughs) (laughs) Astrid Plain's sister should have gotten... Royalty. Cleopatra Plain. (laughs) Okay. So then you realize that this whole thing is being set in some sort of like poolside in some Hollywood Hills mansion. And then this is the weirdest. Well, it's not the weirdest shot. It's one of the weirdest shot. And it's weird for a lot of reasons. So it's a picture of like Lawrence of Arabia who's wearing very heavy mascara and they just hold the shot on him and he's like leering and he raises one eyebrow and he holds it there like I see you and they use that identical shot I'm not kidding four different times in the video it's like when they run out of things to do to show they're like let's show Lawrence of Arabia again so he is Is that um, who it was is it was Lawrence of Arabia I was wondering who that was with the eyebrow (laughs) yes of course suggestive suggestive (laughs) Suggestive eyebrow, but I don't know suggestive of what. Like I didn't like <laughs> the message. <laughs> I don't know. Was unclear. <laughs> well, you can ask Lawrence of Arabia. Um, and then <laughs> Cleopatra, which is Astrid, is like lounging by the side of the pool as a mermaid. And then we see a close up of Mark Anthony's like sandaled shoes, toes tapping. They're very into the toes tapping by the side of the pool. That's you know. And then they cut to like a hotel bedroom. And uh, he is sitting on the side of the bed strumming a guitar and she is like thrashing on the bed as if like, I don't even know how to describe it. You saw it. Like, what would you say? She's like as off she's as if she's being constrained by like ropes, but she's not. There's nothing there. She's just flailing around. 
Yes. And it's not like in pleasure or in pain. She's just like, it's like she's having a nightmare. And then they cut to the same bed, except this guy sitting on the side of the bed. And I don't think it's them is like in camouflage with a helmet with like leaves on it. And (laughs) (laughs) like he's camouflaging himself in the bedroom. And then on the bed this time is not her, but it's an astronaut astronaut that's what i was in a like black and silver astronaut suit but he is like glued to the bed like or it's like 10 g's like he's trying to like lift his arms and his legs and he can't and he's glued to the bed and this is where you pause and you say (laughs) what the fuck does this have to do with this song like, yeah. like there is not even like at least in like the torture video it's all like scary shit but it's very poorly done this isn't even like obsession shit this is just like like what does this have to do with anything? anything it's just really <laughs> weird then mark and we're back to outside mark anthony is having a sword fight with someone who's like dressed as a jedi and then the when the light catches the the Jedi sword a certain way, it sort of looks like a lightsaber, but they're not like normal fighting. Like they're they're like not even lightsaber. They're like uh, like ninja fighting. Um, and then the jester comes back and he's drumming with his drumsticks on the rim of the pool, and he's going around at the rim of the pool, hitting the drumstick. And then Cleopatra, like in her mermaid pose, is there, and he drums over her. And then Lawrence of Arabia is there. And he drums over Lawrence Arabia. Okay, so we have this cast of weirdos, the astronaut, the Jedis, the Lawrence Arabia, Cleopatra, Mark Anthony. Who are we missing? We're missing everyone. <laughs> the one person we're missing is Amelia Earhart. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Who comes in as the song is winding down, apropos of nothing. It's not a B plot. It's not a C plot. It's just a cameo at the very end. <laughs> what we need here, we had the kitchen sink like in Go West. What <laughs> we need here is Amelia Earhart. And all but she is does, it Astrid? Is it Astrid as Amir- Amelia Earhart? I, it's hard I to tell. So. She's very well made up. I mean, yeah, and she's got her like is. goggles on and she like flicks her aviator scarf, aviatrix scarf. It's... um. It's fascinating. I, I got like I was titillated by the 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 sudden appearance of such our finest living dead <laughs> aviator aviatrix <laughs> aviatrix I guess. Um, and then the end, the final shot of this is um, the Cleopatra and Mark Anthony costumes are empty, disheveled, sitting by the edge of the pool, and yet still the jester comes by playing the drums, but kind of like the xylophone on top of their empty suits the empty meaning of it all it all means nothing this video was one big nope it's a nope yeah it's a nope fits yeah. right in though it's got uh it's, it's uh got everything it's got everything you want <laughs> don't want a video <laughs> but it does bear watching or re-watching um so we'll link to it in the show notes and please uh please go and enjoy as much as uh enjoy it as much as we did and give us give us your feedback please yeah. and give us a five-star rating while you're at it yes <laughs> please we, we could use more of those
<laughs> we do get them, but we could use more. Okay, let's uh, let's move on to the ups. These are our little rays of light, little beacons of hope that got us through the week. This week, we are doing a special tribute to Australia. We are doing an all-Australia <laughs> edition of the Yups. By chance. But well, by we chance, but we used, to, we used to have a lot of Australia content because we do have a lot of fans there. And for some reason, yes. it kind of petered out. Not for lack of nopes, just our attention was diverted elsewhere. Yeah, but we still have a strong Australian audience we do we do and we're we're about to feed the beast feed the content beast okay rachel you have one first so yes so josh and i this week we just kind of wanted to get as far away from here as possible without leaving the house because we can't so we watched on the criterion channel a 1971 australian new wave film (laughs) by a director named nicholas rogue and the film is called walkabout it's a it's a very well-known film um the poster is pretty iconic it's got like you know Not the outback well, no. a, a, well <laughs> you know it, it's got like a, a beautiful sunset and like a, a aboriginal guy in silhouette it's very beautiful anyway the the film is amazing and it's about a couple of kids who get lost in the australian outback after their father goes berserk and kills himself on a family picnic and they need to survive and they run into an Aboriginal boy, a teenage boy who guides them back to civilization. And, you know, did you just give a spoiler that he guides them back to civilization? Um, no, not really. No, maybe. Okay. Watch it anyway. (laughs) Watch it anyway. (laughs) Okay. So that's Rachel's Australian. My Australian (laughs) yup is uh, the Island rescue that everybody's talking about. These were three, uh, Micronesian people uh, who were sailing from the the in the South Pacific from Pulawat to Pulat, and they ran out of gas and they got stranded on Pikalat Island, um, mm-hmm. and they didn't know what to do. They were stranded for three days, and they did as you see in like cartoons and comedy movies. They drew SOS in the sand, and sure enough, they were spotted by a plane. And they were then rescued by who else? The an Australian amphibious assault ship, assisted by a U.S. Coast Guard submarine. Now, this is a yup for Australia because thank God that the Australian amphibious assault ship had nothing better to do than to rescue three castaways. But my question is, weren't they like? This seems like a little overkill. Could they have sent like a canoe out or like a motorboat to like pick these guys up? Did they Maybe really that was need- the nearest ship. Maybe like they were just looking for who <laughs> it's was. It's not like they were dying. It's not like they were bleeding to death. Right, they could have waited. Were- right. Actually, they did. They dropped them like supplies first while they figured out how to get them off the island. And like oh. and and they wound up sending like the entire half the like Pacific fleet to go get them. But okay. look, it's, well, Trump's, it's Trump's America. It was, like, <laughs> it was made for a good story, so they did it. But anyway, thank you, Australia. You gave me my yup. And then at the last minute, we had another yup. I was I was thinking about giving my yup to the to Jonathan Swan for that amazing for Axios for that amazing interview with Donald Trump. And what I didn't realize, Rachel, is that he's Australian too. He's Australian. Well, he, I think he's an American citizen now, but he's Australian by birth. So um, that was a great interview. As horribly amazing as Trump's answers were, his Jonathan Swan's reaction shots were just like priceless. Precious. 
Precious, uh, like, unbelievable. Really? I'd kill to see him and Sarah Cooper do a one-on-one with like Sarah Cooper doing the the Trump part and him just react or just play the tape of him reacting. You don't have to act. Right. In. That's all she needs to do is just cut in like him being like, <laughs> like. <laughs> oh, in the papers, the way he was shuffling those papers with like the PowerPoint was... slides on it, like. So oh. insane, so disturbing. Okay, well, um, Australia, thank you for sending us Jonathan Swan. We're grateful. So much Australian content we are grateful for this week. But guess yes. what? That's all we have time for this week. That is. That's we're gonna all. be back. We're gonna be back next week with more nopes and another summer music series as the summer of music is dwindling. Uh, and uh, by the way, if you have a suggestion for summer music series, do send it to us. We uh, just at Rachel D at Brian Hecht on Twitter. We have open DMs. Just uh, just tell us and uh, we'll look into it. Can't promise, but we'll certainly preview the video. We'll consider and look it. Into it. Yeah. We'll, <laughs> we'll consider everything and promise nothing. Okay, it's been a terrible week. Very fun to make this contest. Uh, con- oh God, this content, this podcast. God, what's content. happening today? Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's on my head's in content now. Thank you for listening. Terrible week. Great to make this podcast. Thank you for listening. This has been Nope. The podcast where we shut it down. Wanna be my new friend? We got a lot in common. We can talk about nothing. Shoot the shit, we got shit.